You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Wow, you know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. To up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! Oh! Up high! Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball will never be the same! Good day, good night, and welcome to a crazy edition of Hardwood Radio. Ben, today the internet has been broken, and this time it's because of Kevin Durant. Kevin, the basketball gods have spoken today and have altered the course of the NBA for, I don't know, the next five years maybe? Uh, maybe more, maybe the decades. It's, it's kind of crazy, so let's just start there. Kevin Durant has signed a two-year deals for um, fifty-four million dollars with <laughs> the Golden State Warriors. We'll come back later on as to why basketball players are paid such ungodly amounts of money because there's a reason for it. Yes, exactly. But Kevin Durant is part of the uh. Golden State Warriors. How crazy is that? It's kind of crazy, and uh, let's just start there, Ben. Last week, if you remember, I've asked you, you know, with the Serge Ibaka trade, was Kevin Durant on his way out? And you were saying, uh, maybe not, because maybe they're the way to restructure contracts to get more money and uh, trying to free up some money for the cap and all that. Well, Kevin Durant has decided to join the Golden State Warriors to become one of the best teams ever. How do you want to? How do you improve on a seventy-three and nine season? I don't know, but Kevin Durant might be the only way to do so. They will improve. That's the scary part. Uh, they might win less games this year, but if they do, they won't win. They won't lose like ten more games. They might lose like two games more than they they, they did last year. Two, three games. I still think that worst case scenario, there are seventy win, win teams, and for more than one season. Like now, um, Kevin Durant has a um, has an opt-out clause at the end of the season that would allow him to become free agent next year again. But if the Warriors are winning the championship like they're supposed to now, I don't see him going anywhere for uh, the nearest future. Like I'm trying to think of to how you could guard the Warriors right now, and I'm getting headaches. <laughs> the the Cleveland Cavaliers figured it out by like game six, uh, last playoffs. But, but add everything they figured out is now wrong. Like it exactly. doesn't work anymore. All right. So okay. So we guard Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry passes to Draymond Green. So we guard Draymond Green. Draymond Green passes to Clay Thompson. We guard Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson passes to Kevin Durant, and we're screwed. And but that's the thing. Kevin Durant has been double teamed for. All, all of his career in the NBA, you have to double-team him or he's just going to roast you at one-on-one. He's the best ISO scorer in the NBA right now. Oh my if you God. put him in isolation, he's going to kill you. But so he, now... So they're going to have to double-team him so everybody else is going to be open and shooting threes from half-court open? And it means you have either Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, or Andre Godala who's not going to be guard at all. This is insane. Like, like I... 
I'm dying for the season to start so just I can see and understand how they're going to run that offense. It's like a dream team almost. Basically, it's oh. an all-star team. It's literally an all-star team. It is. And there's so many ways you can run that offense. You know, the beautiful thing with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry is that they're both basically shooting guards at, at, at heart. So maybe you decide to play Steph off the ball and have <laughs> Steph running off screen and have KD just being basically the point forward of the team. It is going to be so awesome, and this is going to be such a memorable team, as if the NBA hasn't, give us, uh, hasn't given us so much memorable basketball in the last few years. This promises to give us even more. No, you know what? I was thinking, you know, it's an all-star team. We're saying this, but literally... Imagine a, an all-star team to face them. Put LeBron and all the best players in the league together. I'm not even sure that they beat the Warriors. The, the Warriors might win. At 5-on-5? Five five, it's, very, it's very probable. If if Durant meshes on the court chemistry-wise with the Warriors, I think like you put any five other players against them on the court, then it's not an assured win. Like it's They're that good, that talented, and they're that compatible. Uh, style-wise, I think I think it's going to be. I, I I think they're going to challenge their 73 and nine record. That's how good I think this team just got them. And you know what happened today as well? The crying Jordan meme is going to change to the crying Westbrook meme. <laughs> how do Kevin Westbrook feel today? Does he take it personal? Is it like his best friend leaving him, leaving the team? Is it like a breakup? Is it like a relationship finishing and you know uh, delete his phone? Just, is he looking at his phone right now and old pictures of them together? Oh, that's us at the playoff last year. I don't <laughs> think I don't think Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook really feels betrayed today, but. I don't think he feels discouraged or desperate at all. He is going to be the center of the offense in uh, OKC. I think the team got better with the Serge Ibaka trade. Also, they have a deeper bench. Uh, their big man rotation makes a lot more sense. I don't know if the team will be better, but I think that Russell will be uh, getting some crazy, crazy stat lines uh, this season. I think he's going to be... Next season, Russell Westbrook is going to be the closest thing to uh, Oscar Robertson's triple-double season uh, 30 years ago. So he, I don't think he's going to get a triple-double season, but he's going to be, he's going to be very close. He's going to be like he's going to average like 25, 12, and eight or something like that. He's going to ball out of his mind, and it's going to be beautiful. Also, the war, um, the uh, the Thunder, Oklahoma City was a team that had four big names before the start of the draft and the uh, free agency market. They only have one left. What yes. is the reason for that, Ben, in your opinion? What happened there? Is it just coincidence they could do the trade and then Durant decided to leave? Is it coincidence or is it indicative of something going on here in Oklahoma? Because they had a deep run. They were really good. They were like the best team in the West almost last year. They, the thing is, it all started with the James Harden trade in 2012. Um, they Basically, they had to decide whether they would they have to trade Ibaka Harden or Kendrick Perkins, who was on these last threads uh, already in 2012. They decided to trade Harden because he, because he had most value. And they got in return uh, Jeremy Lamb, um, Kevin Martin, and the first-round draft pick, who turned out to be Steven Adams, who turned out to be the best player they got in the trade. Um, they are 
it's it's never been the same afterwards. They were really good. They were just not better than the Spurs and the Warriors. Um, they were very athletic, very uh, they could play hero ball, they could play in isolation, but teams that could that played together, teams that played good system basketball, ended up beating them every time. And the guys started getting uh, restless, impatient towards each other. Um, they um, they started making moves also, OKC, and they started getting a lot of big men, which led to the departure of uh, Serge Ibaka. And, um, and uh, after the departure of Serge Ibaka, well, Kevin Durant looked at himself in the mirror, and I heard also... Uh, that he's got a lot of internal pressures uh, from his uh, uh, close friend that to say that he needed a new start, a fresh start for his uh, brand and and for his legacy. So he decided to join the Golden State Warriors, it's, which I think is an awesome decision, by the way. Well, yes, <laughs> and he, and the way it happened, it's not like uh, let's just let's just compare this to the decision of LeBron James to join the Miami Heat a few years ago. You remember the ESPN special, the decision, and the whole backlash that came from this? Who does he think he is? Is he bigger than the whole thing? The way this signature happened and the way it's really organic and it took everybody by surprise today. And I think that's the way to do it. And it's a positive move for the NBA. And it's almost the team that finished second, which it's the case saying, you know what? We're, we we got we lost that game game seven. We got out physically played. It's not gonna happen this time. We're getting the best player available out there, and the best player available maybe in the last decade. Oh, of course. You mean they're get, you're talking about a team that went seventy three and nine, and who replaced their weaker link Harrison Barnes by a seven foot tall basketball god who can play offense as well as he plays defense. Uh, I think I think they're going to have a lot of work actually to do on their uh, on their roster, the um, the Warriors, because uh, they need to make money. <laughs> they need uh, they to, make to make cap space. Yeah, they need um, to fire people that have a lot of money. You're like, yeah. all right, uh, you you you're fired. You you're fired. You could basically hire like college players and just put them on the bench. But they've already did. Uh, they've traded Andrew Bogut to Dallas uh, this afternoon. Andrew Bogut had a salary of $11 million, so they cleared that of the cap. And um, because they traded him to Dallas because Dallas has been whiffing very hard on the free agents market. And uh, Harrison Barnes, somebody, yeah. who, um, who um, Kevin Durant is going to replace uh, this year, had signed an offer sheet in Dallas already. So they send, they're sending the two teammates uh, in the conference, but uh, they're going to be relatively harmless to the Warriors yes. next season. It's, a, it's fine. You can play against us. We got Kevin Durant now. Exactly. We, we replace Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. I mean, what can you do? Just before we move on to uh, the explanation why yesterday and today and this whole weekend was maybe the most amount of money spent in a sport I've ever seen. Before we talk about this, the New York Knicks have changed face. And I know it's a team that's important to your heart. Oh, yes. Derek Rose, Joachim Noah, and so on and so forth. Can you talk about the moves that the Knicks did? Well, um, Derek Rose, we've covered last week, right? A little bit, um, yes. 
they've they've went that we we needed a, a point guard basically because our point guards were corpses. <laughs> no disrespect to Jose Calderon, but his place is in a retirement home now. So we well, got. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. <laughs> but exactly, we traded for Derrick Rose, but in the process, we traded our starting center, who was beloved in his only year in um, New York, Robin Lope, Robin Lopez. So Phil Jack Phil Jackson went and uh, signed Derrick Rose's center, Joachim Noah, son of tennis legend Yannick Noah. Yes. Um, Uh, from the Chicago Bulls because uh, Joachim has grown estranged uh, pardon me, uh, from the uh, Bulls last year, from particularly from the new head coach um, Fred Hoiberg, who is, was using him on the bench. <laughs> He was really um, well. Not just that, the coach was trying to bring him up close to, uh, quicker with the injury and not necessarily trusting how Joachim was playing as well. And the the, the trust issue was broken on the, the the relationship between the trust and what the coach was expecting of the player on the court uh, involved and actually changed because of how he could not perform because of injuries and all that. Pretty much, you, Joachim. What you were getting in him, we're getting a basically a, a center who was going to make the same things. Uh, that Robert Lopez used to defend the post, block some shots, get some rebounds. But he's also a tremendous leader. He's a guy who called LeBron James a pussy to his face on the court. Uh, he is one of the funniest trolls in the NBA. He uh, won uh, one game, he, um, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were arguing together on the court. And Noah was standing like right next to each other applauding. <laughs> uh, he's he's a very special character, very good leader, very good passer too. He he really uh, sees the floor well from the high post. So yeah. if he can if he can keep his bones together, he's going to it's going to be very good. But it doesn't stop there. Phil Jackson signed two other important guys. Uh, he finished the starting five by signing uh, Courtney Lee. Um, now, our starting five will be Derek Rose, Courtney Lee, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Kristaps uh, uh, Porzingis, and jo Joachim Noah. There's a lot of guys who's going, to need, who's going to need the ball. So we need a guy who can play off the ball, who can play catch and shoot, who can play defense. That's exactly who uh, Courtney Lee is. He's a no-nonsense veteran. He is a very smart player, very selfless. And he got paid fifty uh, million for four years for joining the Knicks. And last but not least, the guy who I thought would become our um, our uh, lead point guard uh, back in this the spring, Brandon Jennings. We've signed him to be the backup of Derrick Rose for one year, five million dollars. Very good pickup, very good value for one year, and maybe we can keep him. Who knows? No, exactly. And uh, you know, I know I've talked to you about this before, how like the NBA's league of its time, especially compared to other leagues or other teams that like trade players that are have more personality than the rest of the team. But that's another story. If you go to like the Knicks, Joachim Noah actually announced on his Instagram with a hat on his head of the Knicks that he was signing with New York. And I appreciate the league of his time and the players of the NBA being players of their time it's actually fun to see absolutely uh, they are they're, they're a very a spectacular league they're they're encouraging players to uh, 
uh, go in social media to, to be themselves, make, to be flashy, go for it, you know? Ex- exactly. Enjoy Pete Kane, imagine Pete Kane in the NBA. Jesus. He would be just one of the guys. <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> but, that's the thing, though. That's what he is. And that's what uh, I had this argument in this week with so many people trying to make them understand. They're like, look at the Toronto Raptors and DeRozan and Lowry, how they are. That's how Pete Kane is. And you know what? It's it's just a generation gap, anyways. It's not a hockey show, but yeah, it's just fun to see this league. So, like, at least of its time, and not like forty years ago. Yeah, they're the most progressive uh, sports league That's by far uh, in the four major sports: uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Um, the commissioner and deputy commissioner Adam Silver and Mark Tatum uh, walked at the Gay Pride Walk in Orlando uh, earlier this month. Or, or in uh, late in uh, June, so they're in terms of progressism and in terms of being in contact with their era, where basketball is by far, by far the sports that that's most advanced. No, exactly, and it, it's fun to see. All right, let's talk about the amount of money spent, Ben. And I know you have uh, you're going to explain to us, but if I'm not mistaken. It's because of the new TV contracts and the amount of money generated by the NBA now because of the CBA uh, collective bargaining agreements they have, they have to share a certain amount of that profit. I think it's surrounding the 55%, and that would maybe explain the amount of money given to players uh, per year. There was $2 billion handed wow. out since the beginning of a free agency this year. $2 billion <laughs> in four days. That's four times what the NHL, actually it's five times what the NHL gave out on July 1st. To give the listeners a um, a, a measuring stick, um, Timofey Mozgov, who played for the championship Cavaliers, who played like a backup role this year, has signed a contract with the, um, a four-year contract for $64 million with the Los Angeles Lakers. He is going to make $16 million a year. So it's a lot more money than Sidney Crosby for a guy who is playing on the bench. It, 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 it's it's crazy. So, so why is that? Why are the salaries so high for players that between you and me, we've never heard of? Well, here's the thing. You you said uh, something important that it was tied into the CBA. But the CBA was signed in 2011 after a lockout that shaved 14 games off the season. I think I think it was 14 or 16 games. Mm-hmm. And w- during this these negotiations, the uh, owner real the owners really they stole money from the players basically. They lied to the players. They said the, the league is losing money. You need to compromise. We need to we need to be reasonable. But the league was not losing money. And three years later in 2014 the NBA signed a deal with Disney and Ted Turner Entertainment for uh, television rights for $24 billion. That's with ABC, uh, ESPN, and TNT. Yes, and it was it, it created a cold between Adam Silver and the representative of uh, Players Association, a lady called Michelle Roberts. They were like, oh, okay, now now we're going to talk about the salary cap. And the salary cap went up, I think, 13 millions last year. But not it just the went- cap, the, the, the floor is almost more important in this case, that the floor went up. So actually, teams have to spend money. Exactly, they have to spend the money. 
and the contracts and like teams are outbidding one another uh, for contracts because if you don't pay players a crazy stupid amount of money it's going to go to another team who needs to spend that money too um the floor right now is at 86 million dollars wow. floor is higher than the cap in the nhl and the cap is at 94 million dollars and the teams have to spend that money they have to spend if they want to stay competitive and they have to spend if they want to uh they don't want to pay uh, the ta- the floor tax. Um, it's interesting too that the floor and the ceiling, the difference between the two is not that high, Ben, because it, it gives team that if you have to spend eighty something million and the max you can spend is ninety four, it's only a ten million difference. So the, the the big team like the Lakers and such are not going to be advantage compared to the small teams because in a way it's kind of how to do parity without putting everybody bad. It's doing parity with everybody trying to be good. So it's kind of a way that might be replicated in another league. I like the concept. Well, I once again the NBA is always very forward with their stuff. They're not afraid to try stuff and figure it out on the way and it's been right now it's been uh it's been quite a success especially for the players who are making a lot of money but teams are rebuilding themselves teams like the team like the knicks could not have rebuilt himself as efficiently uh without without having to uh, negotiate uh, uh, such a raise in the uh, salary cap a team like the lakers could not have rebuilt himself as as efficiently either because he could not offer ridiculously more money than other teams. A player like Luol Deng or Timofey Mozgov would have chosen another team at equal money than the Lakers because the Lakers are so hopeless. But they went with the Lakers because they had the most generous offers and because they're in LA. And it's really it's really a new an uncharted way of doing free agency and to negotiating salaries. It's, it's been fascinating for the last four days. My girlfriend is really annoyed because I'm not <laughs> leaving my phone ever. And just to, to, to be quite honest here, no players actually signed right now. They're, they're only can sign in a few weeks from now, but they can make their intention known. So it, that's the big difference. It, you can, they can negotiate without actually signing. The, the one thing that the NHL tried this year too. So you can negotiate without having to commit. So it gives you time to think, to have uh, other scenarios presented to you. It's a few days actually. On July 7th. 7th okay. I thought it was 17. I misread it. So it was a 7th. Okay. They're going to be, they're gonna be uh, allowed to uh, sign with their new teams. Usually when you declare uh, that you've committed to one team, um, you're going to sign with it. Last year, there was the, the Andre Jordan uh, fiasco. The Andre committed to the um, Dallas Mavericks and decommitted after a weird uh, hostage situation where the Los Angeles Clippers took him hostage inside of his own house and ordered chicken and left uh, Mark Cuban yelling from the outside of the house. <laughs> it was a really weird but entertaining scenario. I think it was the oh. most brilliant day in the history of Twitter. No, but when, you know, people don't realize that sometimes in sports, you know, when you read about Cold War and the spies and uh, what happened in Moscow during the Cold War, that's how sports works. Behind the scenes, you have infiltrators, you have people that are double dealing, that are trying to get the, the information here and there to raise the prices here and there. It is fascinating how backdoor dealings in sports is quite 
interesting. It could be correlated to the way that lobbyists work in governments, in the way that uh, uh, it's just it's so fascinating and intriguing. I, oh yeah, and I think this was possibly the most uh, the most exposed event in the recent history of uh, backdoor lobbying in professional sports. Uh, Blake Griffin was uh, was part of this hostage situation where he uh, he he took a, a photo uh, on uh, Twitter of uh, DeAndre Jordan's house being barricaded with chairs. Um, <laughs> they were they were playing cards inside uh, DeAndre's house and eating uh, takeout chicken. Uh, it was it, it's it's always been part of the game, but it's it's out in the open more than ever, and it's. It's entertaining as hell, I gotta say. Well, social media is a platform for people to talk about it. Ray John Rondo to Chicago. So there, the, the Bulls are going to try to replace Joachim Noah and Derek Rose with Mr. Ray John Rondo. But is Ray John Rondo too much for Chicago, Ben? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, you remember a few months ago, I called for uh, Chicago to trade. Yes. Derek Rose for Ricky Rubio or Rajon Rondo and let Jimmy Butler figure it out. Well, he'll have the chance now. He'll have the <laughs> exactly. chance to uh, to be the man on his team. Uh, I just don't know psychologically how Rajon Rondo is going to react to this. Uh, but the Bulls, the Bulls are going to be better than people think uh, next year. I think that Rajon Rondo and uh, Jimmy Butler are going to be one hell of a backcourt. Well, if you take uh, Derrick Rose mix with Joachim Noah and you just compare them with Ray John Rondo, they got a little bit younger, which is important in today's game. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Joachim Noah is very old physically. Uh, and uh, and Derrick Rose is both old physically and mentally. <laughs> for, yeah, <laughs> they're, um, and uh, Robin Lopez is I think 26 years old is very uh, is a very uh, active physically active uh, center he likes to run he likes to bump into guys they're going to play a very different style maybe more um, more in tune with what coach Fred Hoiberg wants uh, there it was one of the most intriguing moves on the the free agent market uh, this year especially that they have a mutual annihilation close at the end of the year. So if, whether Rondo or the Bulls are tired of each other, they can just press, press the new button and it's free agency again. Now, before we move on to, because uh, there's Allard for to Boston again as well, that we and Dilla Davidova to Milwaukee. So the yep. champions already lost a couple of players. So speaking of Cleveland, you know, LeBron James technically is a free agent. Why is that? Is there any chance that a team present him something that makes him reconsider resigning with Cleveland? I don't think so. Um, even Golden State, I think, cannot present him with a legit contract offer. Because that would be pushing it. Yeah, that, that would because, be like an antitrust situation or something. No, because they wrap themselves up in the uh, salary cap. That's why it was so important for Kevin Durant to go to Golden State this year because if he did not, if he refused to come this year, uh, Golden State would have had to match the uh, offer sheet of Dallas for um, Harrison Barnes in order to keep him. And they would have been wrapped up in the cap next year, in their salary cap next year. So I don't think that um, anything, any team can offer LeBron James 
a viable contract that would lead him to to leave Cleveland, especially that uh, they have won the title. But it could happen. I think it has less than one percent chances of happening, but it could happen. Like I've never say never with LeBron James. <laughs> Which other move got your attention in the uh, free agency market craziness? Well, since I sent you the lineup uh, this afternoon, uh, there is a Paul Gasol who signed with uh, San Antonio for $30 million for dollars for two years. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, knowing the rumors that Tim Duncan wants to retire uh, very soon, to announce his retirement very soon, so that makes Duncan for an interesting you. replacement because he is more... Is physically and athletically more productive than Tim Duncan, and he it could uh, they could show a more versatile offense along with um, uh, around uh, Paul Gasol and Kawhi Leonard. So I thought it was very interesting. Well, yeah, because um, Paul Gasol. Well, if you're looking at the Spurs, they lost because Tim Duncan couldn't contribute what he usually brings to the games late in the playoff, which Paul Gasol might be the the key for that. He could not defend. Uh, he was done. Like he was done. You can tell in the pit on uh, the court. I mean, he physically he was struggling. He was sweating. He was preventing. It was a difficulty to breathe almost. When he, it was well, he has yeah. a leg that doesn't work, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. But they were running circles around him. Oh yeah, basically. So Paul Gasol is much more still in his prime than um, Tim Duncan was. Uh, so I think it's going to rejuvenate. Uh, the offense, and especially the offense in uh, uh, in San Antonio, uh, Boston signed one of their big players. They were they were out for stars since before the draft. They signed Al Horford from uh, Atlanta, um, which I th- which I think will make them instantly better. I think there are candidates to for a second seed in the East uh, as far as soon as next season. And um, also, the uh, Atlanta Hawks signed their homeboy, the Atlanta native Dwight Howard, to a three-year contract, effectively uh, pushing um, Hal Horford out of town. You, you know what I'm, does, Pardon me. I was going to say, you know, eventually Dwight Howard is going to start signing with teams that he already has been with, because yeah. he's going to run out of teams. It's, it's getting close it's, to that point. It, it is. It's fourth team. And he, oh, I thought it was it, more than that. I thought it was uh, a little more. Four, you're still pretty much still high. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of teams. Well, it's a lot it's of Orlando. Teams you talk about Orlando, the Lakers, Rockets, the, and no, and okay. and Atlanta. But he, it's the way it happened. He never produced on any of them. He's he. Well, yeah, he's that's that's the thing. He needs to. He needs a lot of attention. He needs a lot of love. Uh, I think it was Bill Simmons who said like he needs a guy to be behind him like a boxing coach. Like, go there, go get the rebounds, go block some shots, I'll set you up on offense. He needs a manager, like a wrestling manager. He, he <laughs> yeah, does. He yeah, does. side a... and telling him, okay, dude, go for the arm lock. Okay, arm drag. Okay. He needs, Three he needs a point guard to do that. I don't think uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to do that for him in Atlanta. Schroeder is way too young, and he's going to set him up for good looks, but he's not going to be on his case the way a veteran point guards will be. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what comes of it. Uh, the Raptors have lost their uh, savior their of father. last playoffs, They've Bismack Biombo. Yep. Daddy Bismack is gone out of town. 
he is left for Orlando. Um, he has left for Orlando uh, for a uh, four-year contract, I think $70 million. He's going to play in an all-Congo front line with Serge Ibaka. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be uh, interesting, especially that they have a very, uh, a very good defensive-minded coach in Frank Vogel. So I think they're going to be very scary. The Ibaka and uh, and, and uh, Biombo are going to be very scary. Where does that uh, leave Toronto? Uh, where, does, where does that leave Toronto, Ben? Do you because yes, JV is going to be the starting uh, center like he was last year, uh, majority of the time. Bismag was uh, only when uh, JV was injured. But what do you think is going to happen for Toronto? Because they didn't get Katie uh, Drake's uh, as tried, but they couldn't get him. Uh, where does that leave Toronto right now? Um, I've never really, I'm never really convinced with this Toronto team. I want to believe, I want to believe they're good and I want to believe they're going to, uh, contend, but I could never really get my money behind them. And probably the draft pick Jacob Poltel is going to slip in behind JV, uh, as the uh, second center of the team. I don't know what Poltul is good at. He's good defensively, but I don't think he's going to make the step very, um, uh, very uh, efficiently in the NBA because he's not very big. He's not he's not a monster uh, physically speaking. So I don't know how the transition will go. Um, they still don't have a stretch forward. They still don't have a, a power forward who can shoot. Uh, I can I cannot. To, I, they might finish second again. They might not even make the playoffs. I think it's all up in the air in Toronto. <laughs> Anything can happen. All right, Ben. Uh, there's a, You mentioned there was a couple of signings. Anything else happened since this afternoon? Um, no, the Knicks signed uh, Brandon Jennings, which I was really happy about. And He's also one of the most entertaining players in the league. He makes the most inflammatory comments uh, in the media. He's going to be... Uh, uh, a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, uh, especially that he had a beef with Carmelo Anthony for so many years. Uh, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to uh, play together. Now, um, when we look yeah. at the players' life on the market, uh, the biggest name that comes to mind. Uh, yes, there's Bogus Hall, but he signed already. Uh, Festus Azili and uh, players like that. Where do you expect Festus Azili to go? Any rumors or where do you see him fit somewhere? I thought he would go to the Lakers because Luke Walton loved them so much last year. I thought uh, that it makes sense. Um, right now, I don't know. Uh, I think he might end up in Dallas also. Uh, Detroit is another uh, is another point where he could uh, really well end up. Um, that's that's a good question because I did I did not expect him to get released from the Warriors after they traded Andrew Bogut, but they released uh, they traded Bogut, they they let Harrison Bard go go and they released Festus. <laughs> they had so, to pay KD. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. So right now the only center left on the team is rookie Damian Jones. Uh, I guess if you can consider um, uh, 
uh, um, Raymond Green a center. Yeah. He is the, the, start, the team starting center, but he's not really a center. Yeah, he's like, like not born and bred as a center, but he can play there in a he, uh, season. Yeah, maybe maybe Golden State gets Festus as minimum uh, wage if they don't if nobody wants him. Oh, um, Miami. He could really well end up in Miami too because Pat Riley has been whiffing on uh, the free agents market uh, too this year. He lost. Uh, super athletic, uh, all rookie team contender last year, um, Tyler Johnson, who got signed to an offer sheet by the Brooklyn Nets. So that's gonna hurt. Yeah. Um, the Brooklyn Nets will pay him $12 million a year for the next uh, four years, but I think Tyler Johnson will make it worth every single penny of that money. I'm a big believer in him. So uh, I think Festus might really well end up in uh, Miami. Exactly. Another player that changed address on the free agency, it's Jeremy Lin. Jeremy yes, Lin sir. now has signed for, um, I forget here, I had a blank, for Brooklyn? No? Yes. Ticket for Brooklyn, right? Exactly. So he's back in the city where he first made his name. Do you expect anything for uh, the Lin sanity in Brooklyn? <laughs> He is going to uh, be the starting point guard. Uh, that, that's, that's what he made clear uh, when he signed his contract. He wants to start. He wants to contribute right away. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I think uh, I think that generally the Nets are going to suck this year and that they're going to hand another first-round pick to, um, to um, Boston. But they have... They have done a very sneaky job on the free agent market. They got Jeremy Lin, they got Tyler Johnson, they got Trevor Booker from Utah, which was a sneaky good deal. Uh, they signed Justin Hamilton, who nobody seemed to have wanted. And they're going to be better than people give them credit for. I don't think they win 30 games, but I could see I could see them being an up-tempo, sneaky, fun team that wins, I don't know, 24, 27 games? <laughs> well, it could be possible because Jeremy Lin is considered, too, as one of the bargains of this year's free agency, considering the big names or the no names that were signed to gigantic contracts. Oh, he definitely is. Like, it's a very good, it's a very good uh, uh, bargain that the Nets have gotten, and he's going to be a productive player for them. Like, he averaged, I think, 16 points last year or something like that. So I'm, I'm very confident that Jeremy Lin has settled into his role as a veteran in the NBA and is ready to help, to help this young, budding team. And as always, Ben, the tradition on Hardwood Radio, the yes, second sir. installment of the Prospect of the Week, looking at the 2017 NBA draft, Josh Jackson this week. Yes, he is the guy who probably, if everything goes as as planned, who probably is going to be the number one draft pick next year. Josh Jackson reminds me a little bit of Andrew Wiggins, who was the first uh, pick in 2014. He has committed to Kansas University, who Wiggins played for also, but he is physically a lot more mature. He's a lot uh, bigger. He has a lot. He has a lot more explosion. Uh, then Wiggins has a lot more confidence too, you know. Andrew Wiggins' problems was, was always lackadaisical. He, he, 
he settled in a role too easily when he needed to take over a team and take over games. Josh Jackson has this bravado to him. Like he legendarily uh, handed uh, Gary Payton's son his ass to him in a one-on-one game and he went up to a father and started trash talking. That's the kind of kid he is. That's the kind of confidence that he has. He is a big physical wing player who can jump out of the building. He is a very, very... Uh, it's a sexy idea, you know? If everything from mm-hmm. Josh Jackson in high school translates to a college, man, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, it's always a big, difficult transition, though, because you're talking about literally playing against kids and playing against men. So that's going to be the big difference. If Josh Jackson's game can be correlatable to a playing against men, maybe he's going to be what you hype to be. That's what I like uh, players having to at least put one year in the uh, the NCAA because it gives them them, uh, adversity. It gives them uh, another level, an in-between level between high school and the NBA. And Josh Jackson has never played with people with his athletic capabilities, but he will this year. Um, Kansas will play um, will play um, Kentucky a couple times. Kentucky has a couple firecrackers in their lineup too. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, we're going to talk about them. Believe me, they're going to play Duke, who has a couple of firecrackers on their lineup also. So, and especially a young guy named Jason Tatum who is going to be neck-to-neck with Josh Jackson in the best wing in the draft conversation. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on this young kid. and I, I have a feeling he's going to be a superstar in the NBA. All right, before we let, uh, before I let you go, Ben, tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., Team Canada, coached by Steve Nash, faces Turkey in a... The winner gets to Rio situation. 6.30 a.m. I will be up, so make sure you do not miss that game. Ben, any thought on Canada's last chance to get a ticket to Rio? Um, Turkey is not a very good matchup for Canada. They are uh, they are a very uh, good they're a basketball factory. They have so many good basketball players there. Turkoglu and so on. Turkoglu. They have Enes Kanter now who is... Uh, probably the best Turkish player in the NBA. Um, they have a lot of play. They have a Turkish league uh, who has the exact same team that they have in the Turkish league in soccer. Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Anadolu FS, who has uh, who had uh, yeah. a, a lot of the prospects. Besiktas uh, is one of the good team in basketball too. They're actually in NBA 2K16. Which one? Besiktas, same as Fenerbahce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're very good. These guys also, um, but they're like the basketball culture in Turkey is very uh, evolved, and Canada doesn't have Andrew Wiggins. They have Tristan Thompson. Uh, I don't know. I hope the best for Canada, but if we get whooped, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, Ben. Six thirty tomorrow morning. If you want to watch that game, if you are in Canada, it's available on TSN. If you are not, well. Good luck finding it. And until next time on Hardwood Radio, well, Ben, uh, enjoy the time off now because the, the, the craziness is almost over. Almost, but Summer League is starting. Like Las Vegas Summer League is starting uh, Friday, I think. 
when do you sleep? I never. Exactly. <laughs> Have a I good never, basketball. I think, I think between midnight, between the last <laughs> game in the Las Vegas Summer League and whenever the first game is starting in the morning. <laughs> Have a good basketball, then. You too. Bye-bye. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com. <laughs>